You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talking Nicks. We got a nice little succinct show for you today. Hopefully. Um, not much has been going on in the Knicks world since they haven't been doing much, but we're going to talk about some Knicks. I'm here with Tom. And, hey, Tom, let's talk Knicks. All right. As I mentioned, Knicks haven't played basketball since March, so not a lot in basketball news, but, you know, there's some stuff going on in the Knicks world, as always. And if there's not, we, we can make stuff up. So first thing on our agenda the Knicks uh, have brought in a new assistant coach, Kenny Payne from Kentucky, was a top assistant for John Calipari, or one of the top assistants, I'm not positive where he was in the rank, but uh, he was making $900,000 a year as a college assistant, so he's doing well for himself, so I assume he's good at his job. Knicks brought him in. Uh, he said to be a big man whisperer, a workout um, guru, if you will. He's got a lot of workouts, and now... Uh, Devin Booker posted a video of him doing some shooting drill, and Tyler Harrow commented and said that's that Kenny Payne drill. So he's known for his workouts. We brought him in. Apparently uh, Bond, he said, we're paying him maybe $1.5 to be the assistant coach. So they must really believe in this guy. They brought him from Kentucky. I think his son might even be on Kentucky currently. So that's the rumor I heard, too. Maybe that's not a rumor. Maybe that's a fact. I didn't fact check it. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, so they incentivized him, gave him a $600,000 pay increase to come to the New York Knicks. Said to be close with Kevin Knox, another Kentucky guy. So, I mean, Kentucky guys are close with each other, as it's, as we found that out throughout, which naturally seems correct. So, I mean, Tom, not a lot <laughs> to say. I don't, I don't know. What do you think about this hire? It's only an assistant coach, but. He added it to Tom Thibodeau's staff. So what are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. There isn't a ton to say. Like, if this pod goes long, I think something will have gone incredibly wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I'm also glad you didn't start with the, hey, how are you? Because I, I've got nothing over here. Like, nothing is new with me. I, I just feel like I'm living in Palm Springs. Have you, you've seen that movie? Uh I, I have seen it. Yeah, we've talked. Oh, yeah, we've talked a little bit about it. Um, but every man, day, yeah, every day we've been talking about it. Um, so yeah, not not a lot new on this end, but with me nor the Knicks. Uh, but the Kenny Payne stuff is. It, I mean, it's it's a good hire. Like all around, you you have to be pretty satisfied with this. I saw some criticism going around about, you know, oh classic Knicks just like chasing the guy who they think is going to bring them the free agents the guy who has the relationships with your Carl Anthony Towns Devin Bookers um, you know like Anthony Davis guys like that and yes it's nice that Kenny Payne has these relationships but at the same time like that's not his primary value add here like he's a he's a player development guy um you know, I, I talked a little bit about it on the Lockdown Knicks 
podcast last week. And, uh, like, he, Anthony Davis credits Payne a, a lot, a great deal for his post moves. Like, he came to Kentucky very raw. And, um, and by the time he left, he was like a number one overall prospect. And a lot of that was because of the development that Kenny Payne kind of instilled and spurred in Anthony Davis. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped about this hire. I think I'm as excited about this hire as I could be about an assistant coach hire. Cause usually that's not something that really, you know, gets my attention necessarily. But like you said, like he's a, he's a kind of an established, he's a big name in some circles and he's established as far as his credibility and his credentials. So, um, it, it's hard to criticize this one in my book. Yeah. And, uh, there's no salary cap on assistant coaching, so you might as well bring in whoever you want. I mean, we already brought in Mike Woodson, who has experience as a head coach in the NBA. Now we're bringing in a a, a top college guy, who um, was a workout guy. You know, we're filling all the all the holes we had. So I mean, just fill up the bench with uh, good coaches, and that seems like a good recipe. Yeah, like the salaries of assistant coaches and coaches, it doesn't bother me. It's not my money. I don't care at all. Um, but they did have to give him a, a raise. You said he was making nine hundred thousand at Kentucky, so they had to they had to give him a reason to to leave Lexington and, and come to the Big Apple. And it's more expensive to live here. So if you want to live yeah. in New York a, like you're living on nine hundred thousand dollars in Lexington, you got to get that pay bump. Yeah, it's a cola adjustment for him. A cost of living adjustment adjustment, as I just said, redundant. <laughs> I, I did confirm that his son is a walk on on Kentucky, so he. Zan Payne is on on the on the Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. Um, wow, do you think they'll cut him now? Huh, that's a very funny question. That's like uh, the Chris Smith days of uh, the New York Knicks back when they signed Chris Smith just because they had J.R. Smith on their team and uh, not a very good player. And then eventually they they cut Chris Smith and. Jared Smith just hated everybody, and then we eventually traded him for nothing at all, and then he won the championship. So Kentucky will probably cut Zan Payne, and he'll transfer and then win the championship somewhere. Wherever he goes, yeah. If if I had to guess. We'll we'll put our money on that pretty soon, get ahead of those odds. Um, But, yeah, I think that the the biggest, like, implication of the Kenny Payne hire is just what it means for – well, we we could talk about free agency, or or sign or like signing big names and later on. But I think that the the major thing is the development of Nick's bigs, primarily Mitchell Robinson, who I mean talk about raw players, especially in the post. Like Mitchell Robinson, frankly, he doesn't have any post moves. Um, so yeah, like I I wonder kind of what. Kenny Payne can do as far as as getting him is that even something that we want is Mitchell Robinson's value exclusively as a as an elite role man uh you know sucking in defenses towards the rim or is there some value in actually feeding Mitchell Robinson the post and and having a a reliable option that way yeah it's a good question I mean I assume you want him to get as good as basketball as you can but Eventually, if he's just a you know Hassan Whiteside guy, there just becomes having less value if he's just doing whatever down low, becoming a black hole. So you know, we'll see what happens. And another part of that is if he wants to turn Kevin Knox into a big man, you know, we can play him at four. 
potentially, and then see how that works out. I mean, Carmelo Anthony was running the four spot during our our good run back of the day, so Knox has the size to play for in this modern NBA, so that's possible as well. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I've I've definitely been on the record saying Kevin Knox needs to play more time at four. It's not a groundbreaking thing. I feel like a lot of the Knicks fan base has who's watched the games has seen that, and it just kind of makes sense. It's not like he is quick enough on his feet to stay defensively with opposing wings um, at the three at the three spots. So yeah, Knox should be getting a lot more minutes at four. And you know, as far as as Mitch and in the post, like traditionally we've seen that that post-ups even your best like post-up centers it's not a a very efficient uh play play type in the nba is to to go feed someone like iso in the post but at the same time it's just so nice to have that luxury to like have a player who you know when when things get dicey like in say in the playoffs when the game slows down if you need a bucket to just be able to feed a guy in the post is it's definitely a valuable thing to have. So if, if Mitch can diversify his, his skill set, then that I'm all for that. I just don't know that he really like has the touch to do it. Like, is there anything in Mitch's game that you've seen that you th- that indicates to you that you think he could actually become a solid player in the post? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. There's with every single player. I'll, I'll start with that caveat. You have the Twitter videos going around of them just being amazing at basketball. So you'll have the Twitter videos of Mitchell Robinson crossing people up from three and then hitting step-back jumpers. So that makes you think that he could really do whatever he wants. But, you know, every every NBA player has those skills. I mean, we've seen Golden State Warrior practices where JaVale McGee just hits every single three-pointer and, you know, Every NBA player can do whatever they want against normal people. It's just the question is against NBA competition. I mean, Mitchell Robinson has shown he's good. I mean, he's mostly been a dunker in my experience from what I've seen. But, again, he's been very raw. Uh, we'll see We'll see if he develops. Like you said, I don't know that if it is there. Hopefully it is. But if it's not, we still got a, a guy who plays his role, who dunks it in block shots. Yeah, that's the thing is is I don't you know it would be nice if he could develop some kind of reliable post game, but it's not a must have for him to be an effective player in the league. Like he's so so good at the things he's already good at that he kind of like you know at rim protection, at you know being able to move his feet defensively, even out on the perimeter, and then um, offensively just rim run rim running, and uh, and playing above the rim like that's a uh, that's really where his value is going to be. So, And then just to piggyback off that, Mitchell Robinson, now that the regular season has ended, has officially set the record for field goal percentage in a season at 74.2%. Nobody was able to catch him during the bubble. So record is officially his. I don't know how it stands in the record books if it counts, but I think it counts. You no, I think, I think officially it counts. I don't know if in the in the – court of public opinion if people are as impressed by it as as will chamberlain because he was averaging so many more points so many more field goal attempts but i think in the official nba record books yeah mitch holds that record very exciting i mean the knicks didn't have a ton to you know the knicks fans didn't have a lot to hang our our hats on from this past season so that's that's a little something we'll take it yeah good stuff i mean i think that's all we have to say on the topic um 
covered Kenny Payne. We talked a little about Payne. We talk about Payne every episode, honestly. <laughs> it's a Knicks pod. It's but I'll move on to the true. next topic. Well, and I, I will ask, like, do you think there's anything um, on the Julius Randle front like that is worth talking about? Do you think that that Kenny Payne will be able to extract anything from him this this upcoming season? You know, being a, being another Kentucky guy who who really you know he was very good at Kentucky. He he still holds the the single season record for rebound. I was listening to uh, Jonathan Macri interview some some Kentucky guys on the on the Knicks Film School podcast, and um, they made some great points. And, and like Julius Randle still holds the single season rebounding record at Kentucky, and he was an absolute beast there. We've seen some evidence that his inflated statistics aren't really representative of the you know value he brings to the to the team or, or affect winning, but. I don't know. Do you think that, that Kenny Payne can do something with Julius Randle? Yeah, I mean, I think Kenny Payne, Tom Thibodeau combination will certainly help Julius Randle. One of the thing about Randle that I'll say is that Julius Randle is clearly very good at basketball. When he gets those in those stretches where he's hooping, it's he's really, really good. But he also needs someone to put him in a role and tell him how they want him to play basketball. Um Less of the spin moves, less of the going ISO, and he he really just needs some structure to be instructed. And I think the coaching staff should be able to hone in Julius Randle, and I, I think we'll see a better version of him. Hopefully, I mean, again, he's not he's been the Knicks' number one option, and maybe he's not a true number one option. I don't think there's much debate about that, but he's certainly good. It's like Tim Hardaway Jr., where he was our best player last year before he got traded, and then, but he was like bad, and then we traded him to the Mavericks, where he's the third or fourth option, and now he's good by those standards. So Julius Randle just needs a role. He needs a better, he needs better players around him. And I don't yeah. know that he's going to find that next year in New York, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see if. Zan Payne enters the draft, so the Knicks pick him up. <laughs> and, yeah, just before we move on to the next topic, um, th- there is a little bit more to be said, I think, about um, Payne's ability to potentially influence free agents or stars to, like, force trades. Or I mean, that's classic, like, Knicks fan pie-in-the-sky thinking. But, um, again, just going back to that the Knicks Film School podcast I was listening to, um, there was a guy for – who's like a local Kentucky radio guy, sports radio guy, who's just been following this Kentucky basketball program for decades. And it was his opinion that there are, that there are four guys like in the, the realm of basketball who have like the most connections to young talent in the league. He said it was Coach K, John Calipari, it was Coach Payne, and World Wide West. So the Knicks have two of the four guys who like have the most – connections and whether that actually results in something like maybe it only, will only result in Knicks fans getting their hopes up which is kind of a worst case scenario but it, it can't be a bad thing to have these guys who have all these connections to top tier talent and honestly let's get the other two no bring it bring like, in coach a, k <laughs> coach k and calipari as i mentioned no no salary cap on the coaching staff so i mean i don't know do you think like is it reasonable for Knicks fans to even like hope for something like 
I don't know, Anthony Davis seems pretty far-fetched at this point, but Carl Anthony Towns can't be thrilled with what's going on in Minnesota. Um, De- I mean, Devin Booker, he did just sign this contract in Phoenix, but, I mean, it, you know, you and I both, actually, we were texting each other. We thought that Phoenix was kind of uh, due for a letdown next season. That we, we were a little skeptical of their of their prospects next year. So, who, who knows how that's going to go down? Do you think that there's anything that Knicks fans should be getting excited about as far as the, the relationships that Payne brings? Yeah, I don't, I don't know because I don't really – the thing is I don't know how often a superstar free agent changes teams. You know, like I'm saying – like I mentioned, like you mentioned, Devin Booker's on his – he's – you become a restricted agent after your first contract and then you get your uh, – your, your max like that and then you know you gotta wait 10 years until it's up to someone to make their own decision so right and that's just on the free agency side but like we have seen a lot more frequently players you know kind of positioning themselves asking for trades yeah yeah so i mean in that i mean i I assume yes it and to some extent sign and pain will be more attractive just in the there seems to have been a whole entire culture ship at shift at the Knicks recently you know they're bringing in all of these guys I mean but we also brought in Phil Jackson thinking he would do stuff so and then he just did the worst job possible so who who knows who knows if bringing a big name to your front office does anything in the long run but philosophically I think these people are more new age than Phil Jackson was I agree with that and I think um yeah I mean at the end of the day like the Knicks won't change free agents minds until they start putting a better product on the court like we could have as many great front office figures as we want with all the connections in the world and and nothing's gonna change until the Knicks actually start being a competent basketball team so that's priority one once that once that box is ticked once that hurdle's cleared then uh I think that Kenny Payne and, and people like that will start having a bigger impact amen I think that's exactly right so on to our next topic. We are uh, three days away, three days, 23 hours, as of me speaking right this second, away from the NBA draft lottery. The Knicks enter with the sixth best odds of getting the number one pick. They fell two spots on the very last game that they played because they beat the Hawks. They fell below the Hawks. And because they beat the Hawks, they also fell below the Pistons. So bad. I guess we could. We were happy that they won the game at the time, kinda, just because of the euphoria of winning. But not worth it. We didn't so, know. We didn't know the season was ending that day. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, th- we kind of did after they put in Vince Carter and he shot the three, and we were like, "All right, that probably means the Knicks are done playing." But who knows? So that I mean, because of the lottery restructuring last year, that dropped in two spots only. Drop them three and a half percent. So, the Knicks have a nine percent chance of winning the lottery. Pistons have a ten and a half percent. Hawks have a twelve and a half percent, and the Timberwolves, Cavaliers, and Golden State Warriors all have a fourteen percent chance. So, it's only a five percent difference between first and sixth where we are. So, nothing crazy. Yeah, I think in terms of the first overall pick, you're right. There isn't that much of an impact. But I think it's – I don't have the odds in front of me, but I feel like just the odds of where you can drop down to, like what the lowest pick you can possibly get is uh, yeah. 
is probably a wor- <laughs> a much worse scenario. Um, yes, yeah, so you can drop down three spaces, so that puts the Knicks possibly dropping all the way down to nine. So that would be bad. But but they have uh, a better chance of getting the first overall pick than dropping to nine. Is that true? What I just yeah. said. Okay. So in order in order to drop down to nine, three of the teams from seven to fourteen would be the three teams that won the lottery. So that's unlikely, I would say. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, we're going to root for the Knicks to win the lottery. Um, we're going to not hold our breath because they don't usually do that haven't won the lottery since 1985 but that was a good lottery to win Patrick Ewing was a good player this year um not a lot of can't miss talent on the board there's been talk about LaMelo Ball James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards but who knows about any of them LaMelo Ball was balling in Australia he's no he's he has highlight videos he's been good he's been in the spotlight for a very very long time he's tall he can pass he can score his effort questionable uh but i mean when you get in the nba hopefully you try harder james wiseman was the top prospect i think went to memphis got became ineligible because of the ncaa being a terrible institution so he only (laughs) played three games showed he could do some stuff but again in the beginning of the season you're only playing mediocre teams i think he played oregon and posted okay stats and then he posted good stats against some scrubs and then you got uh anthony edwards who posted uh markel fultz type stats on georgia which you know markel fultz hopefully it doesn't turn out like that but again these are also empty stats is more what I'm, I'm saying about his georgia stats because i mean the, the team wasn't not on their way to making the ncaa tournament despite him averaging a good amount of points so Again, later this week after the lottery, we may have more thoughts. We may come back with a pod later in the week to talk about um, who the Knicks may consider drafting, how we feel about where the Knicks end up in the lottery, assuming they win. We'll be happy. That'd be good. That would be good. And I feel like just one other prospect I've been hearing a lot about is this Killian Hayes um, from France. Of all places, I don't know if, people, if some Knicks fans have PTSD from Frank. Others are are Frank stands like your brother. Um, but I don't know. Like the thing is that the NBA draft isn't until October sixteenth this year, so we still have we still have some time. Um, and I, I feel like we'll have enough time to kind of familiarize ourselves with all the the prospects. And I know I need to do a lot of of just research and because i a lot of college ba- like casual college basketball fans like myself really get to know these prospects during march madness and the fact that march madness didn't happen and you, you didn't get to see these players on those big stages it uh it, it really kind of hurts the the knowledge <laughs> the knowledge base that goes into the draft so yeah we, we have a couple months now until the draft i feel like we need to really familiarize ourselves with these guys and, and sort of have a plan. Then, like once we know where the Knicks are picking, then we should have like some idea of who they should get. <laughs> and then, as you mentioned that, um, you know, p- people weren't able to play in the March Madness tournament, so they weren't able to boost their stock up. So I know, different sport. But Joe Burrow tweeted, uh, number one overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, who won the championship at LSU, said, 
that if, if the NCAA season was canceled last year, he may still be looking for a job because, you know, he just boosted his stock so much in that one one season. And, you know, a lot of players just show up during the NCAA tournament and boost their stock up a lot. I know Kylo Quinn, he uh, led a 15-seed a over a two-seed, and then he got drafted. So. Yeah, I know you're like much more into the college game than I and like the history of it. Are there any other? Like Kylo Quinn's a great example. Can you think of any? Not to put you on the spot, but can you think of like any other guys that that have kind of done that, who have sort of catapulted themselves during March Madness? Not on the spot. I, no, I, can't I feel like that, there are some like classic uh, examples. There, there definitely are. You know, we'll save that for the next episode when we come back later this week because we're Ooh. we're running out of time. Tom. A little teaser. So. The reason the NBA draft isn't coming until October is because the playoffs still have to happen. And as a little fun little exercise, Tom and I are going to give our first-round predictions. So, Tom, first up, Western Conference, number one versus number eight. Not your traditional one versus eight. The Los Angeles Lakers against the Portland Trailblazers. Damon Lillard's been hot. Nurkic just came back after missing the whole season with a broken leg. Zach Collins also came back. Uh, He... Sprained his ankle during the, or he had ankle inflammation. I don't know that he sprained his ankle during the play-in game, so he left after seven minutes. So I don't know what his status is. I assume he'll be back in some capacity. Blazers' defense has been bad, but Lillard has been good, and he led them into this bubble victory after being down four games coming into the the eight games they played in the bubble. So Tom, prediction. So I I feel like the. Uh the Trailblazers have just been like playing as hard as they can for, for like just to get into these playoffs. You know, like I just don't know if they have another gear to really reach. Like Damian Lillard has just been balling out this whole time. CJ McCollum's seems to be injured. Um, I don't know who you put on LeBron to defend him. Granted, you could go the other way with that and say I don't know who you put on Damian Lillard on the Lakers roster with no Avery Bradley in the mix, but. At the end of the day, I just think the Lakers' talent is just is going to overwhelm them. I, I'll say Lakers in five. Wow, um, that's I'll, I'll I'll say Lakers in six. But I, I agree with the pick. Oh. Next up, Los Angeles Clippers, many people's favorite to win the, the championship against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Montrez Harrell has been out of the bubble, but he's coming back. Patrick Beverly has been injured a little a little later. I assume they've just been resting these guys. Clippers have never really been fully healthy. But maybe they are now that the playoffs are starting. So Clippers against Mavericks. So I'm going to do the same pick, really. I, I think that the Clippers are winning five. I, I, first of all, don't really recognize Porzingis' great play during the bubble um, round. I, I don't think he – I mean, he's been putting up huge numbers, but I don't know if he's been – they're like uh, Julius Randle numbers, you know what I mean, just not really affecting yeah. winning <laughs> – um, yeah, I think it will take a game or two for for Montrezl Harrell to to acclimate himself to to playing in these games. But the Clippers are just so deep, and they're built for this. Uh, give me Clippers in five. I'll agree with that. Clippers in five. Next up, Denver Nuggets against the Utah Jazz. Nuggets are the three seed. Jazz are the six seed. Michael Conley Jr. just left the bubble to play uh, to go go attend the birth of his son. So if he comes back, he's going to have to quarantine for four days before he's even allowed to play. The first game is Monday, so, I mean, he's automatically missing the first two games of this series. 
Yeah, so that, that's thinking? tough, man. That's that's really tough because Mike Conley Jr. has been playing pretty well um, after playing really poorly at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I have to think that because of that, the Nuggets will win this um, pretty handily. Uh, give me uh, nope. actually, give, give me Nuggets in six. Wow. I was going to call the sweep. You're going to call this one a sweep? I'll call the sweep. Just because of those first two games, you know, you get behind 2-0. Then you got Michael Conley coming back, possibly. You don't even know that he is. Yeah, no, and, no uh, Bogdanovich either. That's hard. I mean, but yeah. I, I just, I don't know, something about the Jazz. I, I, Donovan Mitchell is, is a clutch player. Um, I mean, the the Nuggets got a lot of good players. And they got Michael Porter Jr., who just came out of nowhere, and he's hooping. Never been in the playoffs before, though. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just did. don't know that I really trust some of the guards, like Gary Harris, and I don't know, just – I'm I'm a little skeptical of the of the backcourt that the Nuggets have. Jamal Murray is is good though. I mean I, I don't think anybody in the world trusts Gary Harris, but he's <laughs> he's just a decent guy. Yeah. Decent player. Solid too. But I'll call the sweep. You'll call in six. Next up, Houston Rockets against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook is out to start the series. Planning to come back at some point. I don't know when. I don't think he knows when either. Otherwise, he would have told us. Uh, who who do you say was out? Russell Westbrook. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I heard of him. I've heard of him. <laughs> um. Yeah, if Westbrook were playing, like I think that their top level talent would be pr- too overwhelming for th- for the Thunder. But um, because of that injury, I-, I do think Houston's gonna win this one. Give me. Give me Houston seven. I'll agree with that too. Yeah, I, I think I think the Thunder are good too. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I like. The, I mean, Chris Paul's a beast. Like, they're the five seed in the West, so I'm not like going out on a limb to say that, but <laughs> I, I believe in them. Yeah. So I'll take the Rockets in seven. Next up, this one's easy: Bucks against the Magic. Just sweep it. Just Bucks and four. Sweep it. Next, Raptors against the Nets. Nets have been playing well. Raptors also have been playing very well. I I could see us being another sweep. I can I can go Toronto in four. All right, I'll take the the Toronto in five because the Nets. That's probably the safer pick. They've been hooping. Yeah. Uh, but again. I mean Toronto's defense though. Like yeah. I know Karis Levert has been has been balling, but <laughs> yeah. Toronto just has so many defenders to put on that guy. Like good lord. Yeah, because I'm picturing what just happened in that last Nets versus Blazers game where nobody was playing any defense. Yeah, dude, the Blazers the are on a whole different level. Like Toronto has all arms, all defenders who can just like d up on wings. It's it's a pretty impressive unit they got there. So yeah, so I think I think the sweep is in play, but I'll I'll say five. Next up, um, this one's I think this one's the toughest. The Celtics against the 76ers. It would be tougher if Ben Simmons was playing, but this. 76ers still have Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Josh Richardson and Co. So, what are you thinking? I mean, Celtics are the three seed, and they are the Celtics. I, I would have loved to watch this. Hard. Yeah, I would have loved to watch this with with Ben Simmons in the mix. Um, I, I do think that Boston is going to win ultimately because they've got the the full roster there, and Kemba's been hasn't Kemba been playing pretty well as of late? He's been playing well. He's been resting too, though, yeah, because he's been injured. But I think he'll be, he's good to go. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, like, with the no home court advantage, it's it's just like 
kind of different because Philly's been so terrible on the road, but it doesn't really matter here at all. So I will take Boston in six. Just because yeah, Joel Embiid is a, is just a monster. I don't think that Boston has anyone like who Cantor. I, I, who's even Tice? I mean, I Embiid think, is gonna be a problem. I think this is the first. I mean, that maybe it's just hatred in me, but I'm gonna pick the upset here. I'll say it's 76ers and seven. Oh, have I picked chalk so far? I guess I have. But I mean, so have I. But the NBA it's, it's, typically goes chalk. Yeah, the NBA first round is chalkish. Last one. Your Indiana Pacers against the Miami Heat. T.J. Warren's been hot. Oladipo has decided to play in the bubble, and he's he's there. I don't know how good, how he's been doing, but he's playing. Pacers against the Heat. This is the 4-5 matchup. I mean, no DeMontis Sabonis, who I think is the best player in Indiana. That's that's a tough break. <laughs> like he would, uh, He'd be a good matchup for this Miami team because like, Miami's big, and they're strong, and they're they're physical. I think I actually, I mean, not that five over four is a major upset, but I will take Miami here. Give me Miami in six. Yeah, I think that's that's a good pick. I'll take Indiana in seven. Indiana Ooh. just always shows up for the playoffs. But, I mean, Spolster's a good coach as well. I don't know. I think I'm just saying this for no reason at all, just for fun. <laughs> Indiana in that's seven. TJ Warren's been hooping. I'll show him some love. I think that's all we have for you folks. Um, we'll come back. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. We'll come back later this week maybe. Maybe just ne- wait, wait till next Sunday for for our lottery reaction. Yeah, don't commit us to anything. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But Thanks for listening. Leave a, leave a review, five stars preferably. But, you know, hey, go Knicks. Go Knicks.